to talk to you. Anybody thinking about leaving here is going to find my left foot square up their ass. Do you understand it? Why? Shut up, you junkie whore. I'm talking to you. And those two bitches that left, they better learn to sell pussy in Iceland because if I ever see them again, I'm going to cut their fucking throats. Welcome back to the Comic Book Bullies with Nerds New Bully. Me host Leroy, aka the Big Dipper, with my co-host. Uh yeah, this is Eli, aka Tony Tasty Tits. There we go. Damn it! You know what? I was actually going to go with uh, sugar nipples, <laughs> <laughs> only because I saw your post. But that's for next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we're we're back with another episode. And yeah, honestly, this was a slow week. This is all the fifth week of any month is always slow for us because nothing happens they just don't care about the fifth week so even when we can't really talk about comics because they just just dump just shit in there we don't even care but something else happened this week that actually filled up our show that we normally hate for it to happen but it happened because like everybody died for some reason a lot of people did yeah a lot of like left and right i'm like man what is going on at first we like okay we're gonna talk about these people let's go then boom today it was like bodies were just dropping everywhere like man what is going on you know uh shout out the link cool yeah (laughs) i I recognize live (laughs) yeah so let's just get this ball rolling we actually got a whole lot of show hold up let's go to the call see who we got uh ellie oh mustard yeah welcome ali yeah it happened so, yeah, we're just going to get the ball rolling to start over. So, Eli, I'm going to let you go first. I feel like this is more, I'm not going to say your wheelhouse, <laughs> but I feel like you would know more about him than I would. First on the list, like I said, we got we got a list. So, we, we got, got a wall. Yeah, we got a memorial wall. Here's like Endgame, like Infinity War when Thanos came through. So, yeah, let's just start with it. So, first off, we're going to say uh, rest in peace to Paul Savino. Oh. Uh, Eli, I know you got a more info about him than i do i know him but i don't know him like that well yeah he was a character actor um who played in a lot of a lot of stuff most notably goodfellas he played paulie another um, goodfellas actor just yeah yes yeah, so we just had henry hill or henry hill ray Liotta, who played henry hill in the movie he passed not too long ago now we have paul servino passing he played he played in a lot of mobster movies he, he was a character actor he played cops and robbers um he played in the Dick Tracy movie. If everybody remembers the Dick Tracy movie. Oh, uh, who, who did he play? Who did he play? I'm trying to remember. I, I, I remember him, but he had like a ton of makeup on him. Yeah, Lips well, they Manless. all did. Something Lips like Manless. that, yeah. Yeah, I, that was the name, Lips Manless. Okay. Okay, yeah, sure. I don't, I don't, the, the Dick Tracy movie didn't do much for me. So I don't remember Here's much. Here's the thing. It, it may not have done much for you, but it is the first comic book movie to win an Oscar. That is true. Real cinema. Even though the movie fucking sucked, but it's real cinema. You know? <laughs> um, he was in The Rocketeer, another comic book movie that nobody remembers. <laughs> well, he was the uh who, who the mob was he boss in Rocketeer. In Rocketeer. <laughs> he played the, he mob, was the boss. mob boss of Rocketeer. Yeah. I'll be honest um, with you. After Jennifer Jennifer Connolly showed up, I forgot everything anybody that was in Rocketeer. <laughs> well, that's the reason to watch it. 
Right. Jennifer Connelly in yeah, Jennifer Connelly in the nineties and the eighties. Woo, woo, man! <laughs> I didn't know who she was. It was like rocking who? I just, <laughs> just fast forward to this part, but yeah, yeah. And he was also the father of Mira Servino, uh, the, yes. the other actress who's been in a bunch. Do, of stuff. do we need to go into detail about Mira Servino? I don't know, and I can't think of anything she was in other than Replacement Killers. Replacement Killers. Right <laughs> she was in that Marilyn Monroe movie. Uh, she was a minister, sure. but that that's some shit that went down with her. Uh, do we need to talk about it, or are we just gonna? Move I, on? I don't know. I okay, don't. I'm not those... aware of this. We don't need to talk about it. I'll, I'll just ignorance is. Best. I've opened up the Pandora's box. I got to talk about it now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. For uh, those who don't know what Mia Savino like, she was actually like a really hot actress around the time. Like I say, replacement killers, the Marilyn Monroe thing. She actually had a bunch of other roles around it also, but she was an actress for Miramax at the time. So oh, who owned Miramax? Okay. Harvey Weinstein. Yes. So basically what happened was, and this is all rumor, all conjectures to like that, basically like she was one of the actors that wouldn't get down. So you black blacklisted her. And oh. that's why you don't see her. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, she wasn't, she hasn't been around really since the 90s. But she it wasn't like she was she was in a bad movie, she disappeared. No, she just was gone. Like boom, that's it. Well, she won an Oscar. I remember she she won an Oscar, I think. <laughs> for a Woody Allen movie, I believe. <laughs> yeah, that was saying it wasn't like she wasn't talented, but yeah, that's what happened. Uh, like that's how powerful Weinstein was at the time. You're yeah. like, if you don't put out, that's it, you're gone. You know, yeah. Mimic. That's what she was in. Mimic. Mimic. Oh, she was in Mimic. Yeah. yeah. Guillermo, del, one of Guillermo del Toro's first movies about the giant bugs yeah. that eat people. Yeah. Cool well, let's not talk more about Mia Sabino than Paul Sabino, but yeah. Oh yeah. But her dad. Her dad passed away. He was in a ton of shit, um, ton of movies, you know, that I can't even name right now. But yes, most notably Goodfellas, Rocketeer, Dick Tracy. You you've seen them. You've seen, yeah. seen them plenty of times. But yeah. Yes. So All right. yeah. So rest yeah. in peace. Good journey. Rest in peace. Hate hate to just plow through it, but we got, like I said, a wall, a memorial wall. <laughs> uh yeah, also want to say rest in peace to David Warner. Uh, this oh, one yeah. I'm a little bit even less familiar with. Uh, You've what you seen got? him. This guy's been in like everything. He's another character actor that's been in every movie that we've all seen. Um, a lot of horror flicks, a lot of sci-fi flicks. I'm sure he was in a Star Trek movie and episodes. Um, he was in. Uh, uh, what, what, let me let me pull him up now. Um, I remember he, he, horror movie. He was in The Omen. Original Omen the movie. The Omen. The original Omen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he so. was in that. He was in the Tron movie. He was the main villain in Tron. The original Tron movie. Um, okay. He played the, 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 like the, the, the evil guy, the evil Satan character in Time Bandits. If you remember the movie Time Bandits. Was that the um, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? No, that's Time Cop. <laughs> oh, I get a confused. <laughs> yeah. No, Time Bandits. About the little people that travel through time ripping stuff off from different times and uh it's a great flick i saw it as a kid like multiple times as a kid but um uh yeah he was in yeah time after time he played jack the ripper in time after time he was in a screen movie he's in one of the screen movies um hmm. in star trek he is yes yeah, so many so many horror flicks so many sci-fi he was in a planet of the apes uh, the original, yeah, right? Not were, the Marky Mark one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm just going down the list. One, one of <laughs> them. Okay, <laughs> one of them. Um, yeah, he played villains. There, he's there's he's like in Star Trek, alien like a Klingon. Looks like he played on a he played a Klingon on a Star Trek 
episode, Body Bags by John Carpenter. So he's a, another character actor that's been in a bunch of stuff that we've all seen. Um, yeah, he, he passed away too this week. And there's one so, thing I do remember him for. That's one reason I want to put him on the list because my the most notable role I know from him was Rachel Gould. Or that's Ra's right. Al he Gould. also did he did a lot of yeah. voice work. He played Varazal Gould on the animated yeah. Batman. And the thing about it, like I said, a lot of my Batman knowledge originally came from that show. So I this is my first time ever seeing Ra's al Ghul on the show. So I realized when the moment he even put it showed up on the screen, voice and everything like that, like I, okay, this guy is not Connor McKing. He's not ventriloquist. This guy means business, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it's a great show, and especially when I went back and read the comic that the show was based on the comic, and the show was almost one for one. It's like follows it beat for beat. So I'm like, bam, pretty good. So yeah, yeah anytime he came on the show, it, it was awesome. But Batman Anime Series has so many great voice actors. Is this? I remember Bull from Night Night Court. He was two facts. So yeah, yeah. That dude's been in a t- bunch of like horror and sci-fi. Shit. Right. <laughs> he's been in a bunch of movies that, and he's always being made up, like in monster makeup because he was tall. Yeah. And, well, and, and he's not bald either. That's the thing. Like he's actually got hair. <laughs> and and they asked him uh, when he originally auditioned for Night Court. They're like, "You can get the role, but do you mind shaving your head?" He's like, "Shake my head. Give me a job. I shave my ass. You know, whatever." <laughs> I'm a uh, right. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's keep going down the list. Wow. Okay. We're almost done, people. Uh, let's talk about Mary Alice. Uh, Mary Alice just passed. I guess I got to take over for this. Eli, I guess. Uh, got to uh, meet my I quota. Kinda, yeah. I kind of know her. Who she is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Mary Alice is also a character actor. Uh, Tony Award winning. Won a bunch of roles. You know her. She pretty much played uh every black mom in the 80s and the 70s you know her uh one famous role she was known for was a different world where she played like the house that's person that's yeah, right dorm lady yeah Damn, she, she, I, yeah 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 she was one of them. now like i said since this is a technically comic book podcast sci-fi fantasy whatever it is to make her relevant to this show she also played the oracle in the third matrix the third matrix not the other matrix yeah, because Gloria Gloria Foster played the Oracle in the first two movies, but she passed away after the second movie. So they recasted her as Mary Alice in the third movie. So if you didn't know there was a different Oracle in the Matrix trilogy, I'm not calling you a racist, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> they even wrote it in the script that it was like it was still the same Oracle. She just changed her. Right, um, they said like she tried to get away skin. for her, like yeah, she got a different her skin, skin her or body, something. something like that. Yeah. yeah, and she that's the only way she could get away with this body or skin she trapped in. So they they actually wrote it in the in the plot. So yeah, that's pretty cool with that. So yeah, rest in peace to Mary Alice. Like I said, and it's so much other stuff she played in Sparkle, Fences. Uh, I don't have time. I don't have time to name all the stuff Mary Alice been in, but you've seen it before. Oh, now this was a big one. Because I was going to spend more time on Mary Alice if this happened. This happened today, Bill Russell. Now, Eli, you say you don't know who Bill Russell is. Not really. I am so not a fan of basketball. I just don't know. I can't play basketball. I don't watch basketball. All I know is Michael Jordan. That's all. Okay. <laughs> I did have a pair of Jordan back then. That's all I know. <laughs> so you had one more pair of Jordans than I did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I can't shoot uh, a basket for shit. Not even at Chuck E. Cheese and the little... Yeah, I can't make a basket for sure. I suck at basketball. <laughs> All right. So just going into detail about Bill Russell. Now with Bill Russell, um, okay. First off, 
He is one of the top 50 greatest basketball, uh, basketball players of all time. He played for the Boston Celtics. During the Boston Celtics, he won 11 championships with them. And, okay, so going down the road, he won 11 championships, making him the winningest player in professional sports history. So, Tom Brady, you got some catching up because he's beating you right now. You know, <laughs> uh, He also became a coach for the Boston Celtics. I think it was the Boston Celtics or somebody else. But he's the first black profession coach in professional sports history also. So winningest player in, in sports history and first black coach in professional sports history. So he did all that. Uh, also, he was a civil rights act- activist also, pretty much always speaking. Uh, I didn't, I just learned this today. Uh, when Mega Everest got assassinated in Jackson, Mississippi, he came down to Jackson, Mississippi and asked what he can do to help, you know, talk to his brother, Charles Everest. And to help, he set up an integrated basketball camp in Jackson, Mississippi back in the 60s. And even though they told him if you come down to Mississippi, they were going to send him death. They were going to, you know, they gave him death threats because in Mississippi, around that time, a white man never went to jail for killing a black man. They didn't even go to trial for that shit. You know, they didn't even get a parking ticket, nothing. So, but he came down and did it anyway, you know. Uh, and plus, like I said, he played in the 60s and he was one of the one of the only, it, it was weird. He was one of the only black basketball players back then. <laughs> it sounds weird now, but yeah, that was a thing. And, and he played in Boston. You think, okay, he played up north, that'd be better than Mississippi Boston, and Louisiana. Boston. It's Boston. <laughs> it's just as bad. It's just as bad. They hated him in Boston. Now, everybody loves him now, but they hated him back then. They wanted Bob Cousy, one of the, uh, John Havlicek, one of the other players to get the more recognition of it than him, even though he was the best player on the team. You know, they hated him so much when they used to go away on teams, you know, to win championships like that. He come back and the fans would ransack his house, you know, uh, break his trophies. And one fan even shitted in his bed. This is a story that his daughter told. So these are his fans now. And so, uh, but yeah, yeah. Like I said, he fought for civil rights the whole time. Even got a uh, presidential medal of freedom, which is the highest award that uh, uh, a civilian can win. You know, so he won that shit. So good journey, sir. That's all I got to yeah. say about that. But yeah, yeah he's sure. a... Yeah, he, he was a legend. That's why I'm, it wasn't yeah. just some random guy that played for the Houston Rockets. Let's talk about him. No, Bill Russell was a was a big deal, you know. Definitely burn one for him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, okay, last on the list. Let's keep going. We got a bunch of them. Okay. Let's talk about Nichelle Nichols. I want to save Michelle Nichols, um, Nichelle Nichols for last because this is going to take a while. Because here's the thing. Uh, yes, yeah, she's known for Star Trek. But I went on her Wikipedia or her biography before I started on this podcast. And it turns out that the Star Trek shit was like a drop in the bucket for the shit she did. Mm-hmm. Like she was like, you read her shit. Her shit was like, it's like a four. It's like the Forrest Gump movie. You know, Forrest Gump just kept <laughs> running into celebrities and shit. That's how she was. <laughs> uh, so let's let's go down to history and see exactly who Michelle Nichols is. So first off, I just like that pick. That was just an awesome pick of her. Anyway, she was a, a, a dancer. You know, she uh, was a dancer for Duke Ellington. You know, she chewed with him. And on top of that, she also was in the same dance squad as Maya Angelou. That's how they knew oh, each other. Okay. Yeah. So she would be. So watch, and she was just a part-time actress. She did actress. Gene Roddenberry saw her. She's like, hey, you're gorgeous. Be in my pilot show that I have going on, Star Trek. And she was like, cool. Okay, I'll be in your show. She didn't watch the show, but she kept getting all kind of like racist messages and letters and fans and all stuff like that. She was like, fuck this. I don't want to be with this show. I'm out. But the reason she didn't quit this show because she went to an NCAACP meeting and met Martin Luther King, who was a huge Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. So he talked her in this stand with the show. He was like, don't quit the show. 
we need more representation like you on the show because you're a black woman on TV that's not a mammy or a slave or a prostitute. We need more women like you on TV. So she stayed on the show for Martin Luther King. Yeah. You know, as she puts uh, it, he ordered her not to quit. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> so like, I'm she... a big fan. He's like, I love you on the show. I'm a big fan. And she's like, well, I, well, that's cool, but I'm quitting. I got an, uh, I think it was like some Broadway show she was going to go Yeah, do. that was she wants. Uh, she wanted to be a Broadway dancer. Yeah, yeah. she was going to go dance. He's like, no, you can't quit. Do not quit. That's what he told mm-hmm. her. And he told her, like, so, yes, we, we, that's what non black people need to see as a woman, a black woman on TV, equal with everybody else. Even right. though the white guy was still in charge, still. Right. <laughs> but they still want to see that on the show, you know. And the thing was, a- another big thing happened on Star Trek in the last season. Most people don't know that the first, uh, like, show of Star Trek only lasted three seasons. So one of the big things that happened in the last season was this kiss, when she kissed Captain Kirk. For those who don't know, this is the first interracial kiss on network TV. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of people thinking that that kiss got the show canceled. It didn't. The show was already canceled. They already knew this. Uh, the axe was coming, so they were like, "Fuck it, it's the last season. We can do whatever we want." So that's why they threw that kiss in there, you know. And they even wanted to cut that kiss, but I think they took like thirty cuts or thirty takes, something like that. And Captain Kirk, well, William Shatner made a, a crazy face in every single cut, so the only cut that worked was the kiss uh, scene. So that's why they threw it in there, even though that episode was banned in certain states in the in the in the South. And I guess they so. got a ton of fan mail from it. That like that yeah. was such a popular episode that people actually the fans loved it. Yeah, just to saying. I mean, it's just weird. Like Captain Kirk on this show. If you watch that show, he was getting in down with everybody. Green oh, yeah. tentacle ladies, horn ladies didn't matter, but a black lady. That's what people flipped out on. You know. Yeah. Uh, but wait, there's more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's even more stuff she did. So after Star Trek ended. She actually got recruited by NASA. She got hired by NASA to recruit for uh, uh, astronauts. And she recruited a bunch of them, but one of the people she recruited was the first black woman in space. Uh, what's the name? Shit, Jay Jemison. I'm, I may be screwing up the name right now. I mess up the name. I'm going to get in trouble. I know I am. <laughs> uh, see if you see if you can Google it for me, Eli, before I get in trouble. <laughs> okay. I know it. I know it ain't Jenna Jameson. May, May Jemison. May Jim. May Jemison is the name. I just remember on top of my head. May Jemison is the name. So that's the first black woman in space. She was recruited by Nichelle Nichols by NASA to go to space, and then turns around. She showed up on an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah. Well, she ran a program where they they were. She basically, um, it was like a what do you call? It? I can't remember. Like, like like an advocate for for minorities and women to join the space program to be interested right. in science and space and um yeah she promoted nasa for that and, and recruited all kinds of people of color and women to join nasa become astronauts just so cool show and also, like i said yeah oh she was also on an episode of comic book men the the show that kevin smith did about his comic book store in new jersey oh, nice. okay yeah, where she showed up to the comic store looking for her Mego action figure because she never had one. <laughs> wow. Okay, right. <laughs> so they they didn't have so there was like a they were trying to scrounge around all their collectors in town trying to get her the uh get her her figure, her Lieutenant Ohora Mego figure. <laughs> yeah, and so, they did. They yeah. got it. <laughs> so they finally got it. Yeah. So and that okay, so let's say you like Nichelle Nichols, but you don't want to care about this sci-fi shit. You want to watch something else that she was in. I got you there also. One of her greatest roles she ever played. Nothing do nothing do with sci-fi. 
it was Truck Turner. Oh, that's <laughs> when she showed up as a female pimp. <laughs> and that old role was awesome. She was awesome in that role. Because <laughs> the thing was, she played it was so different from Lieutenant Horace. She was basically like a pimp or a madam, if you want to call it. Uh, one of yeah. my favorite lines she had in that movie, like when she when two like two of her girls ran away, she's like, "I better never see them bitches again. They better learn how to sell pussy in Iceland before I see them." You know, some shit like that. So, man, awesome roles. So, like I said, Nichelle Nichols. Now we can keep going down the road road with Nichelle Nichols all the stuff she did, but I think we pretty much yeah. comprehensive got everything we need to at that. So yeah, uh, rest in peace, rest in peace to her. So what journey. else we got? Yeah, what else we got here? Okay, Eli, you're up now. We're, we're oh, yeah. done with the um, Waller Memorial. We're done with that. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, nobody croaks before the end of this podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but you watched a, a TV show. Now, I didn't I didn't know this was even a thing. I didn't know this was even coming out. Oh, yeah. I, I just watched the first episode. So, on Amazon, Paper Girls uh, premiered on Amazon this weekend. I just found out today that it was on. Um, I knew the show was coming out. I just didn't know it was coming out this weekend. So I watched, I got a chance to watch the first episode. Now this is based on Brian K. Vaughn, another Brian K. Vaughn comic, um, which I didn't finish it either. I, 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 I suck at Brian K. Vaughn books. I never finished it. <laughs> but well, I Runaways was super, wasn't that bad. Runaways like 16 issues. I never, the first I, I never even read Runaways. <laughs> <laughs> I, I recommend Runaways, but yeah. <laughs> Saga, nope. Last Man, nope. Or yeah, what else? Did he do? <laughs> so many stuff that he's done, and Paper Girls. Then I did. I was super into Paper Girls for a while, though. I, I read that for a good year, and then just kind of fell off it. Um, but the story is about these girls in the eighties. Um, they're paper girls. They're on a paper route, and the story starts out like Halloween night. They're delivering their paper route on Halloween night, and they're getting in all kinds of shenanigans and shit, you know, because it's Halloween night. Um, and, but then they stumble upon some weird intergalactic space war time travel stuff starts happening. Weird stuff starts happening. And of course, it's Brian K. Vaughn. So it's a super slow burn. And he reveals things very, very, uh, you know, very slowly. <laughs> now, is Paper Girl image or? That was image. I think it was image. Yeah. Image. Okay. Now, people are comparing this to Stranger Things. They're saying Paper Girls ripped off Stranger Things. However, Paper Girls predates Stranger Things by at least a year, I think. Hmm. Um, in fact, when I started watching Stranger Things, I'm like, oh, this is like Paper Girls. In fact, I was like telling people, hey, if you like that show Stranger Things, you should read this cool comic called Paper Girls. Same shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I watched the first episode and yeah, the first episode sticks pretty closely to the first couple of issues. We, int they introduced the girls, they introduced the Halloween night hell day or whatever it's called, um, because of all the, everybody's running around Halloween night and, you know, causing mischief and shit. And these little, they're all like 12 year old, 12, 13 year old tweens, they're tween girls. Um, they're trying to just deliver their papers while all these rowdy teens are still running around in Halloween costumes. And then they stumble upon um, this weird event starts happening where the power goes out. And then these weird alien people, well, they're just weird people that don't speak English. And they start shooting each other 
and they think they're the Soviets. Of course, they bring that in these Russian agents because that was a thing back in the 80s. The commies, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so they're wondering what, what, who these people are, why are they fighting each other, why they dressed up in these weird costumes and shit. And then they start traveling through time. They start meeting their older selves and stuff like that. They, As they one just, would do. Yeah. yeah. They go, they travel, they go through time warps. And, and that's what kind of the comic was, is them traveling through different times and just revealing this war, this time war that's been going on. And it, it, it was fun. Like I said, I, st- I was really into it for a while and then I kind of fell off and um, never finished the book. But I, I, I might go back. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's only like 20 something issues maybe. So it's like no reason. Okay, so it's not like why the last man with like sixty issues or something. It wasn't it. Okay, I'm sure I can. You know, you know, a couple hours I can bang out the rest of the issues and stuff. Twenty issues is is doable. You know, yeah, twenty four, twenty five, like maybe thirty, maybe twenty eight issues top, something like that. So not too bad. Twenty five is the sweet spot. Yeah, anything past twenty five, you got to really keep my attention after that because I I feel like okay, I've I've read enough. I'm done. I'm good. You know. (laughs) Yeah. You got you had a year, <clears throat> right? To, to that's that's my, yeah. season one. Okay, I, I got season one yeah. now. You know, <laughs> yeah. If you if you can hold my if you can hold my attention to me, it's twelve issues. So if I I give you twelve, okay, issues. okay, twelve <laughs> issues is that's technically season one. You're right, because that's a year. Yeah. That's a year. Yeah, that's okay. a year. I've been on your book, and if right. you ain't got me after twelve, then I'm done. You know, so mm-hmm. like like Coates's Black Panther gave him twelve <laughs> issues, yo. <laughs> The twelve issues. Did it get better? I, I don't know if it got better, but uh. I gave what chance though. I thoroughly gave a year. One, one of these days. One of these days. Because here's the thing, Eli. I feel like I wasn't smart enough to read Coates' run at the time. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm mentally more intelligent than I was. Then, so I'm gonna go back and read it again and see if I catch some shit. I was know? like, oh, I'm. I, I feel like I'm getting smart by reading. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what everybody else felt too. Like, oh, I'm right. smart. I'm reading Tennessee Coates. You throwing body. all these words at me, I feel disrespected. <laughs> I'm gonna take them as disrespect. Right. Watch your mouth, Coates. <laughs> Speaking of Black Panther, can we transition? Sure. Okay, let's transition. Okay. So there's been a uh who is Black Panther 3 like that. We talked about uh the Black Panther trailer last week, you know. Uh, we had our own theories last week about what we think was going to happen or where we think the uh, show might, or where the movie might go. And there was a thing. Now, everybody in the in the world is thinking that, now, we know who this is in the suit. We know. But every other YouTube site, every other podcast is giving a different answer. They're like, oh, it can't be, it might be Shuri, but what if? What if it's this person? What if it, what if it's M'Baku? Like, really? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> and so, and then the most popular one is not Shuri. It's really Nakia. Now, I'm about to debunk this right now, Eli. It's not Nakia. I'm going to tell you why it's not Nakia. Because, okay, you look at Nakia, and you look at the Black Panther suit. Now, Lapiliango on her t- uh, TikTok page the other day posted her going to San Diego Comic-Con. And it's her going up. Now, Eli, I want you to zoom in on that ass. <laughs> Does that ass... Look like it can fit in that suit. Those are cheeks, man. Those are those are <laughs> those are cheeks like doubled up on a Thursday afternoon. Like, wait, I'm just trying to see if I can get it. And this is 
More proof. More proof in the pudding, Eli. Oh, you, you've been you've been researching. Huh? I did research on this. <laughs> Scientific. <the> science. <laughs> right. Yeah, kicking the knowledge. So, exactly. Make it make sense, Eli. Make it make sense. How do we go from this to this? I don't get it. I'm sorry. So that debunks that theory right now. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o has too much ass to be Black Panther. So that's out of there. <laughs> so Anytime you see that, that is clickbait. Don't fall for the clickbait. Do not fall for the banana in the tailpipe, which we <laughs> have your back. <laughs> you know, don't yes. listen to everybody else. But yeah. Leroy, the bootyologist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sight beyond sight. Where, where are we going next? Okay, let's let's talk about the let's go to the video game section. I ha- I've been dropping the video game section for a while, but I'm bringing it back now. We're gonna bring it back to the video game section. Before we go there, Eli, I think I have to make an apology. Okay, so on my stream. The other night, I played Batman Arkham Knight, and on this section alone, took me an hour to beat on the stream. So, I want to apologize for my performance. <laughs> I didn't live up to my normal standards. You know, it doesn't happen all the time. Give me another chance next week, and I'll perform better, hopefully. Or you might get more death scenes like this. Who knows? So, yeah, that's all I want to say. And last thing on that, just want to uh, Eli pray for me because next week is going to be Evo. That, you know, that's like the nerd Super Bowl, the thing that I'm always hyped for, the thing that I will take off work to watch, you know. <laughs> but I can't do it because I got to work this weekend. So I got to sneak in from work and go to the break room and, and watch the Twitch stream or maybe pull up on the computer at work when nobody's looking. There you go. You know how you like double click? Like minimize and pull up work and then go back to Twitch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go that way. So uh yeah, we kind of flew through that. Let's let's move on to the next part of it. Okay. Sure. So yeah, like I said, this is comic book bullies where we talk about oh, comic books. Are we and... not gonna talk about Harley Quinn? Oh shit, I forgot. Let's talk about Harley Quinn. Let's talk about Harley Quinn. Yeah. Why why we're we here? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we got time. <laughs> we got time. Yeah, we, we don't want to run through the show that fast. So what would you think about the Harley Quinn show? I loved it. Well, it like I said, first... it was three. It was three episodes. Three episodes. Yeah, so. I loved it. I was laughing my ass off through most of it. Yeah, I it came it back, laughing my ass off. I saw this scene that that was controversial with Batman and Catwoman, and I think I cut. <laughs> it was weird, but when you know the backstory behind it, it was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You know, well, uh, also like he was also doing something with their feet too, so it was even weirder. <laughs> It was even weirder, not what you expect. Like it wasn't what they wanted, but it was funny at the beginning of when the show first came on when they had those two porn stars. Yeah, <laughs> then I was like, "Wait, what's going on?" And then it went when Gordon met him and he knew who yeah. they were. Yeah. Carly Kryptonite, <laughs> adult film actress. Like yeah. Gordon, really? <laughs> and then that female cop was like, "Hey, can I get a selfie?" It's <laughs> right. <laughs> so all that, all that was hilarious. Even when they went to the villain awards and they started naming out villains, and then they were like, "Oh, who's gonna win at this award?" It's gonna be Kevin Spacey. I'm like, oh man, you're really gonna go there. <laughs> so it was a joke. Now, my only criticism, my only criticism right now is that I don't feel like the show has a direction right now. Like, what is the main narrative of the season? I First season had it, second season had it. I think they're going into, like you said, they're probably going into the relationship. We have Poison Ivy, she's trying to do her terraforming earth or whatever right you know? and um they touched upon it in the first episode we're like oh here's this thing that poison ivy wanted to do this project where she was gonna like terraform earth with all these prehistoric plants basically take over the planet take mm-hmm. take over the planet with plants and uh, but she kind of ditched the project 
And then Harley's like, no, you got to do this. And then you saw like how Harley is so chaotic and she got bored doing that, you know, and that's so that's so there's that rift in their relationship where like Poison Ivy has this like really smart, right? right? She's and, and, focused, and, yeah. Yeah. And then Harley. But she, just at the same of, time, she's not really a people person either. That's when we yeah. know when she made that plan and didn't really know how to communicate the plan, you know. Yeah. And Harley's a total extrovert, total chaos, and needs it loves being a center of attention, loves attracting mm-hmm. attention. And so we're starting to see that dynamic in the relationship, and they're gonna have to make it work somehow. Because we and in the second episode. We're like, okay, no, I really want, she's like, no, we, we're not going to, I can't do this. We're too different. But then she's like, no, let's make this work. So they try to make it work by recruiting the crew. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it looked like Bane's on the team now, which Bane was a breakout in the other so, uh, episode. The pasta so, yeah. maker. <laughs> <laughs> Bang! Yeah. And then you saw the night, that was the Nightwing episode where Nightwing. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Nightwing and Batman. Oh, why are you talking like that, Dick? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And then Damien's yeah, so. like oh, to the Batmobile, shotgun, and then Damien's. Yeah, the, he'd already flipped them up. I'm already here, bitch. So, so we recommend. I don't, I don't, I don't know if people have seen the Harley Quinn show. We love it. Season three, it just started with a bang. I now that I think about it, remember those Harley Quinn comics we read that Eat Bang Kill tour. Yeah, I, I feel like they're canon. I need to go back and read those. Yeah, because this shit happened in between that. You know, that I may catch up and see what happened. So, and the third episode was actually really, really well written as far as like the, thematically, when because right. they were going to the villain villain awards or whatever, and they're going mm-hmm. for best couple, but then they met Kite Man, who is Poison Ivy's ex. <laughs> right and it and joker made them sit next to each other yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then but then kite then poison ivy meets kite man's girlfriend out, out yeah outside. golden gladys she was on she was on a cw she she's a flash villain so yeah yeah and uh yeah and then what else was going on wasn't there some shit with uh there was another relationship Rid- riddler came out the closet riddler came out of the closet him and clock king have a thing yeah but everybody kept confusing him with cock king who was another oh. supervillain? Yeah, <laughs> the Clayface, Clayface, as Clayface. Gunn. That's the shit. <laughs> and James Gunn. <laughs> that shit was hilarious. It, it took me a while to figure out who who that was in there, but it was Billy oh, Bob Billy Thornton. Bob the- <laughs> yeah, it took me a while. Like, who is this guy? You know, I don't sit. <laughs> <laughs> you like uh, Christopher Nolan? You never sit yeah. on your set? Okay. Yeah. Oh man, good stuff. And so. Yeah. Yeah, great. So now I'm I'm gonna send I'm gonna watch that show. That is my show now. I'm just glad I got something to watch yeah. again. Uh also on HBO Max, I'm gonna ahead and say this now. Uh they have a milestone documentary on there. Milestone comics. Oh no shit. Back in the eighties, eighties and nineties and shit like that. I knew most of this stuff. Some of it I'm glad it filled in the blanks, you know. But definitely watch that. So for those who haven't seen it. So cool. All right. Cool. Uh, let's let's move on. I I think you got more books than me because I ain't really got that many books this week. So, uh, yeah, I don't have that many books. It was it's the fifth week. The fifth week is shit. I ain't, so, yeah. I ain't even fucking get any images. So y'all gonna have to like imagine. Use your imagination. <laughs> the theater of the mind. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I guess I'll do detective. Cool. Okay. Um, what number is this? It's like a weird number. Ten sixty-two oh. or something. I don't like 1030 or something. Hold on. I got you. I got you. Yeah, 1062. That's what it is. Okay. Okay. So this is the new run. New detective run. 
None of that new fear art- state shit or new artists, new writers, whole new era. Damn. Okay. So yeah, it's 1062. And the last detective comic I read was 1051. So I haven't read this in about a year. <laughs> Damn. But it's a new cruise. So it's a, a lot of times you, 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 just, you new... just pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, we're done with the future state. We're done with the, the Joker war and all that shit that was going to Tinian run and all that stuff. Um, so this is Ram V and Raphael Albuquerque on art. And it's a whole new uh, storyline. Um, Basically, we start out with uh, um, there's weird things going on in Gotham. Batman is going after Sal Maroney's nephew, who's taking over the crew, and he's they're smuggling some shit. He's trying to figure out what they're smuggling, but then he runs into some weird zombie dead guy who comes um, comes after him, um, and he's like trying to fight this thing. It's like a zombie dude, and then he gets an arrow in the head. And Batman's like, what the hell? And it turns out it's Talia al Ghul. You know, it's like, Talia, you're not supposed to be here. Remember, you're, you're, you, you, you're not supposed to be in this town. And when you are in my town, you're not supposed to kill anybody. And she's like, oh, that you're, you're getting old. You, got, you can't be playing by those rules anymore. Look how slow you are. You're, this guy got the drop on you, and you're just, you're just not the same, Bruce. You're getting old. So she takes off. And then he goes back to his... Uh, the brownstone. He's still in the 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 the, the back cave is in the brownstone. So he's still so he's broke. still not a billionaire or whatever. Yeah, yeah okay. he's got he but he owns the brownstone, the whole block. And he's like running all these tests on himself. He doesn't feel, you know, he doesn't feel as fresh as he used to be. You know, he feels even Dick Grayson's like, you know, Nightwing's like, You're getting old, Bruce. You gotta hang it up, hang it up. And he's looking into the what Mount Maroney was smuggling. It's has something to do with like antique artifacts. So there's this box. It looks like the Hellraiser box. And then we go to some weird country, some Coronis, something I never heard before. Or no, Coronis, the Oregon Palace in Svartstal. Hmm. So some foreign country where some prince is talking about these artifacts that he's smuggling into America. And he's there's some sort of... Uh, um, having a problem with the mob that's going on in Gotham. Like, hey, the mob are trying to back out of the deal. Well, it's because Batman is fucking the shit up. So they're like, hey, man, we, you know, the docks are your problem. That's your, your you, you said you take care of the docks. But hey, Batman comes and beats the shit out of us and fucks up the docks. So we can't use the docks. So we can't smuggle your shit if we ain't got docks. That ain't our problem, you know. You know, we'll fuck off and then. So then he brings in his, like, weird, creepy-looking grim reaper assassins and then they like kill all the mobsters <laughs> mm, <laughs> this foreign okay. guy with the hellraiser box i don't know and then we cut to batman or bruce wayne is um having a nightmare he's you know having a nightmare and it's barbatos is in his he's dreaming about he's back ba- oh barbatos damn. yes that's what i said <laughs> oh damn okay <laughs> So this was kind of going cool until I was like, is this really? Are we, uh... we can never get away from Barbatos, <laughs> man. It's just like he always. So I'm like, eh, sh- eh. I mean, it was an okay story, but if we're going, if that's what it's going to be, like, oh, it's a cool Hellraiser box. But if it's going to open up a, a portal to Barbados, I'm like. They, they may do something different with Barbados this time because maybe. 
somebody will sacrifice them to Barbatos or maybe people just worship Barbatos, you know? Sure. I don't know. Sure. Maybe, maybe. I'm I'm holding that hope. You know. Yeah. But um, I don't want to see Barbados again. I just... Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little bit, little bit, a little. I'll still give it a three out of five, just because I was into the story. But mm. I'm not sure about the Barbados angle. So, so I don't know. we'll see how it goes. Yeah, three out of five. All right. Yeah. So next book I'm going to review is Captain America: Symbol of Truth, number three. This is the Sam Wilson book. Yeah. So I almost got I this, but then didn't. It was like nothing else to get. I was like, well, might as well get this one. <laughs> so, yeah. where is it? Oh, uh, basically, the book left off last time is that I can't find the damn book. Did I get it? I didn't get it. I did get it. There we go. Oh, uh, what happened last book uh, issue is that Captain America, well, Sam Wilson and Deadpool infiltrated Latveria, who is the kingdom <laughs> of Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom was like, "What the fuck you doing here? I caught you. You got to stand trial in front of me, and you know." Cause you can't be in my country without me letting you know. So that's where we pick up. So let me see where we left off. So it's basically the book makes it seem like Deadpool and Captain America be fighting their way out of out of Latveria, but that's not what happens. I'll tell you what happens pretty quick. Um, it basically standing trial, and Doctor Doom is basically holding court. He basically tells me, "Tell me what the hell is going on." And Sam Wilson just tells him straight up, "He's like, look, somebody's smuggling vibranium out of your country." And Doom was like, well, if you're doing it, why didn't you just tell me ahead of time and we could have helped you find those guys instead of you sneaking into my country? And plus, I would have told you that those guys not sneaking in my country, they're carrying food and humanitarian supplies to my people since your people cut off supplies uh, from the United States, cut off supplies from Latveria. So thank you, Joe Biden. You know, <laughs> so he was just like, look, I'm going to let you go, Captain America. But I want you. To, I'm really letting you go because I want you to tell your government that if they, if I ever see another American agent in on my soil again without my permission, they they're gonna have to answer to me. You know, it's gonna be let's go Biden this motherfucker. You know, uh, but he says Deadpool, you stay back. So we don't know what he said to Deadpool, but anyway, that's what's going on with that. Uh, okay. So this, I didn't know what this Wakanda Forever thing was. But now I know what the kind of forever thing is. So apparently the the, the storyline in this Captain America storyline is that black people are trying to migrate to Wakanda. That's what the kind of forever thing is. I'm like, oh, shit. Why did we do that before? You know, <laughs> go back where you came from. Okay, let's go. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So basically they said, okay, so the dead, uh, he was like, Latveria was a dead end, but I got information from Deadpool that they're sneaking in vibranium and we know they're sneaking from Wakanda. So we need to set up a mission in Wakanda. He was like, and, and Sam is like, no, we're not going to do the same shit we just did with Dr. Doom. I'm cool with Wakanda. Let's just call them and let them know what's going on. You're like, well, we can't do that because Wakanda leadership is kind of fluid right now, which if you read the Black Panther comic, all hell's breaking loose over there. So it's all tied together. Uh, Storyline with with the new Falcon, I don't care. Uh, let's cut to. <laughs> I do not care about the storyline. Like, <laughs> all right, so we come back to Sam, and he's in Sing Sing, and he's like, "I had been here in like 10, 15 years." I'm like, "Oh shit, are they bringing back Snap Wilson?" You know, they referring to when when Sam was a pimp. Like, no, it's back when he was a social worker. So he just knows this guy named Cam. How we know him, we don't know how he knows him. He just knows him. 
Uh, he gives us some information about what's going on in the yard. He like uh, this Wakanda Forever movement. Somebody came through and shut the shit down. So whoever is on the outside starting the Wakanda Forever movement is doing the same thing in here in prison. It's all connected. Now, I don't know how it's connected, but it's connected. You need to find a connection between it. You know, um, more Falcon shit. Nope. <laughs> where were we? Okay, here we go. Uh, so Sam talks to you know uh the prime minister of wakanda lady fasade i can't remember her name shuri and her assistant whatever like that he like look uh somebody is smuggling wakanda uh, smuggling vibranium out of your country so we want to come over there and investigate and help you out and she's like no americans are not coming over to wakanda to investigate vibranium the vibranium problem we will solve that problem so that's it you know and she hangs up on them and that's when the senator is like told you that's why we should just went to him to begin with, you know. And that's when it, and that's when Sam kind of whispered himself, Man, I missed the child. <laughs> you know, it would have been a whole lot easier if I could just talk to him instead of just talking to them, you know. Uh, what else with the storyline? So we go to Sam and he's like, Okay, so it's the only way for me to get into Wakanda. I'm gonna sign up for the Wakanda Forever movie and migrate with everybody else to Wakanda. So they say he's gonna get in. And that's when we see the white wolf, he's just like, All according to plan. And yeah, and that's the storyline. More Falcon shit. Don't care. Uh, he gets shot by crossbones and captured. And yeah, that's the thing. Oh, and his sister, cousin, whatever like that, she sneak, she, she's, she's sneaking in vibranium. So, oh, I didn't catch this at first. They're trafficking vibranium through those prisoners. Okay. That's what that's what they're doing. I, I'm just not catching that. Okay. So, yeah, the story. So, yeah, the, the, the sandwich story is not bad. It's interesting. It's catchy. You know, um, the thing is, when you have a Sam Wilson story and a Steve Rogers story at the same time, you got to make them different. You got to have it. Can I see Steve Rogers in this story? I can't see Steve Rogers wanting to go to Wakanda. You know, I can't see that. So this does feel like a Sam Wilson story. So I can deal with that. So overall, 3.5 out of 5. I'm glad Deadpool is out of there because Deadpool got on my fucking nerve. Whoever writing this story can't write comedy. So I'm glad he quit telling those dad jokes with Deadpool. So, yeah. All right, so uh, yeah, what you got? Um, I'll do Obi Wan number three. Cool. Oh, okay. I was about to share an image that I didn't that have. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just uh, the Obi Wan comic book, and it's just sort of him reminiscing about different times of his life. He's like writing a journal. It's like a sandstorm. Okay. A going memoir. Through. Yes, there's a sandstorm going over Tatooine, and he's like in his hut. You know, just uh, reminiscent about his life. And this issue, he reminisces about a time in, 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 in the Clone Wars. So we go back to the Clone Wars. Um, uh, and he's remembering a battle where a bunch of soldiers, a bunch of clones got, a bunch of lives were lost. You know, um, and how he struggles with the Jedi, with being a Jedi and but also being at war you know i remember mace windu said we're we're peacekeepers not soldiers you know the mm -hmm. jedi were never meant to be soldiers um but there here here they were being becoming generals and leading armies into battle sort of blurring the code of the jedi way so that's mm -hmm. sort of what he ponders and we see a lot of this in clone wars too like they they, they ponder these same ideas the jedi ideology mm -hmm. You know what have you? Um, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that going on. And like when are they being hypocritical? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, where it's like to preserve all life, 
he's supposed they were meant to protect you know and but here's this battle where all these lives are getting lost and he tries to protect all his soldiers like they're getting mowed down you know and then one of the commanders like we got to just blow this place we got to blow and they're on a bridge i believe like we got to just blow this bridge and get out of here but obi-wan's like but there's all these people here so we got to go man and he almost gets killed like an ig an ig88 droid comes and almost shoots like gets the drop he's like trying to carry a a, a dead a wounded clone soldier off off the battlefield and a ig88 droid comes and almost shoots obi-wan but another soldier like saves him he's like we got to go man he's like but all these lives he's like, we got we're blowing this bridge we got to go you know so they do they go they get out of there they blow the bridge kill kill the enemy kill the fucking whoever was on the bridge gets killed and um, a really powerful line, though. It's like, it's like we, we've seen this in the Clone Wars, but there was this one line Obi Wan said at the end that really made it worth it. Is um, you know, you know, we, we the bridge is blown, we we won. He's like, how many lives did we lost? He's like, countless. But we live to fight another day. And then he goes back and back into his, you know, flashback where he's writing in his journal. Yes, we did live to fight again and again and again. And again, and again, I was like, wow, that's pretty powerful <laughs> that the war just <laughs> never ended. You know, right. war just never ends, um, which was pretty profound, I thought. But it reminded me of like a lot of, they, they, they tackle this stuff. They tackle these ideas on the Clone Wars. There's a novel. Okay, I'm going to get Star Wars geeky on every y'all. There's a novel, a Mace Windu book called Shatterpoint. It's awesome. It's basically Apocalypse Now in Jedi, in, in Star Wars universe. Mace Windu's Padawan, his ex-Padawan goes nuts in AWOL and is hiding out on this fucked up jungle planet that where there's a civil war going on. And he goes to this planet to try to track him down. So it's like Hearts of Darkness or Apocalypse Now. He's looking for his, you know, this uh, ex-Jedi that went nuts and is living amongst the, in the jungle amongst the, the soldiers fighting this war. And he's throughout the book, Mace Windu is always pondering, you know, what it means to be a Jedi. Here he is, a Jedi in in this war, um, trying to maintain his maintain the light side without giving into the dark ways, you know. And he keeps thinking about the Battle of Geonosis. So I'm bringing back Attack of the Clones, everyone's favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's grown on me. I can I can deal with it, but I remember that scene. So yeah, episode two. It has its moments. It has it has Jango Fat man, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but the Battle of Geonosis at the end, where we first learn about the Droid Army, the Droid Factory, and that the Banking Clan and all the players were all secretly, you know, building this army. You know, they were all there, and then they were they, but that's where. Obi-Wan, Padme, and Anakin were being, you know, held prisoner. And then the Jedi show up with the clone army, and then that's that's the that's that's the battle that set off the Clone Wars. But Obi or Mace Windu is constantly thinking about that. And he keeps saying, all we had to do was drop a bomb on that arena. We would have killed all the droid army, the droid factory, and killed all the leaders. But you would kill. But you would kill Anakin and Padme also. Yes, we would have right. sacrificed three Jedi, but this war would have never happened. And he keeps mm. wrestling with that. He says, 
But that's not the Jedi way. The Jedi way is to protect life. So we went down to go save these Jedi's lives. But now that action led to this war that cost all these other Jedi lives. So that's, he's like, it's like PTSD. It haunts him. Mm-hmm. Making that decision haunts him. Um, and just like in this, this book, Obi-Wan is like, wow, I, I left that bridge and bombed that bridge. Yes, we won that battle, but we killed everybody. And it still haunts him. You know, so I just thought it was pretty cool, you know, um, going into like the effects of war and the effects of what the war war would have on the Jedi or like a peacekeeper, like a monk. Because, you know, Jedis are supposed to be like priests or monks. Right. Emotionless and right. There's a Jet Li movie. I think it's one of the Shaolin Temple movies where he plays a he's a monk. He's a Shaolin monk and he's wrestling with the same idea, like how we're supposed to preserve life. But why are we training to fight? And he wrestles with that same, you know, right quandary, you know. So Violence I just thought peace gotta you know, walk that yeah, line. Yeah. Strive for yeah, you know, prepare for peace or live in peace, but prepare for war or whatever. You mm-hmm. know. So just pretty cool, deep ideas. So I, I'll give it a four out of five. I really dug this issue. Yeah, it's probably the best issue so far of this Obi-Wan series. So yeah. Cool. All right. So uh yeah, next book I'm gonna do this is Ooh, this was a this was a doozy, but I'm gonna speed through as fast as possible. This was Amazing Spider-Man number you got six. It. I got it. I thought about it. Yeah, only because it was a slow week. I was like, it's a slow week. I just do. Is that it. the only book you bought? <laughs> Pretty much. It, it was fucking ten dollars. Like, I know. Fuck That's why I didn't get it. I didn't get it. It was nine hundred, whatever number nine hundred. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna just read like, this one book, and that's gonna be it. Marvel, you're not getting more of my money this yeah, week. This I was week. like, I should get this, but ten dollars. <laughs> yeah that there, there is some positives about week, this man i can't do it it's rent week. that's what i'm saying it was a lot it was a lot it was a lot to deal with but i will give you some positive about this book so even though john ramita jr does the cover john ramita Jr. does not do the art so that's a good thing yeah yeah ed mcginnis does the art so they actually got a good artist to do this run and like i said this is uh this is issue 900 of the amazing spider-man so it's like a legacy things so that's why the book's so long this is 86 pages Ooh. don't worry i'm gonna speak to this shit as fast thick. as possible but it's yeah it's thick nice girthy but <laughs> spider-man so yeah what you expect um i'm past that don't care what do we got okay so the book starts off with uh we don't care about that all you need to know is that it's peter parker's birthday and everybody's mad at him because he came early because they expect him to come late so since he came on time, he showed up too early for them to prepare for the party. So everybody's mad at him right now. It's like, get out of the party. But anyway, he shows up and everybody's at the party. Robert Robinson, Flash Thompson, who's back alive now, even though he died in issue 800. But whatever. <laughs> uh, and everybody's like, hi, Peter. Everybody's mad at him because he showed up early. They had time to prepare for the party. So he's talking to people, talking Except to Liz. Here yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's talking to Flash. Flash. This was funny. He's talking to Flash. Flash like, hey, Peter, I ain't seen you in a long time. I thought you was a loser because you still work for the Daily Bugle. But then I find out you don't even have a job. You're like, thanks, Flash. <laughs> you know, uh, Mockingbird's there, uh, May's there. You know, and let us uh, know for for all the like, you know, assholes that you know who hate woke shit. All you gotta do is read this comic, and Flash is still white. Flash is still white, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, is, so, so is Spider Man. 
So it was Spider-Man, right. <laughs> in, in this comic. In this comic. <laughs> right. Uh, and then you got Felicia. She's getting jealous. Like, who are you talking to over there? She mad. You mad because you were talking to uh, uh, Mockingbird. He was like, hold on, why are you talking to Mockingbird? And that's when the spider just goes off. Dr. Octopus limbs come through there. And then apparently his limbs are attached to J. Jonah Jameson. You know. What? And then he's yelling for Peter Parker. He's just like, get me out of this shit. But he whispers to him man get me out of this shit <laughs> you know because he uh, somehow he knows i don't i don't i didn't read the issue when he found it but i guess he knows now he was like get spider-man get me the hell out of here you know uh and that's when black cat shows up kick the shit out of jameson mockingbird shows up and black cat is just like hold up back the fuck up i protect peter parker not you She's like, oh my bad you know so they kind of like fighting they throw jameson out of the building but the like limbs catch him and then all through the building you know stuff like that anyway spider-man comes down and protects everybody else and tries to get Jameson out of the, the octopus limbs. But before he can, the octopus limbs detach from Jameson and attach on him automatically. He's trying to run away. Boom, it catches him. You know, while it's doing that, it's drilling something in the wall, in the brick wall behind him. He turns around and it says, help. So obviously he knows it's from. It's got to be from Dr. Octopus if it's Dr. Octopus limbs, you know. And Jameson's like, don't worry. You go do your Spider-Man shit. I'll cover for you. You know, so he goes back to the throne and he's like, the party is canceled. Peter had to do something. Plus, today's not even his birthday. And he's like, yes, it is. Like, how the hell you know? And turns around, oh, hey, Aunt May. <laughs> so, of course, Aunt May knows, you know. Uh, he's like, anyway, everybody get the hell out the house, you know. And so, Spider-Man, I'm going to just speak through this shit. Anyway, the uh, Dr. Octopus detaches that shit for Spider-Man to follow him and go get him. So, he goes get him. And when he gets there, it's an old villain he met back in the 80s called The Living Brain. I didn't read that book. Stan Lee wrote it. Steve Ditko is some old shit. Uh, but anyway, The Living Brain made this new villain called The Sinister Adaptoid. So like the Super Adaptoid, but he mimicked The Sinister Six. So it's The Sinister Adaptoid. So he has all The Sinister Six powers. And he's just kicking the shit out of Spider-Man the whole time. Kicks him so out kind of like, like a Taskmaster. Kind of like Taskmaster, but he only does a, the the Sinister Six, you know. Okay. Uh, so anyway, kick the shit out of Spider Man. Go past that. People get kidnapped. Don't care. Uh, living Brain. And he goes to the backstory about how he's a Living Brain and how he wants to. Basically, he's doing all this to kidnapping his villains and his friends to find out who is Spider Man. So right before he attacks, you know, his loved ones, which he's all kidnapped. Spider Man stand back up. You want to find out? Why don't you ask me? And then they fight again. And Sinister Adaptoid beats the shit out of him again. But before he can like really kick the shit out of him, uh, the the Doctor Octopus arms slap uh, connect to his head, you know, and gives Spider Man just enough time to get out of there. So he runs away and runs to another room. And the room he runs into, he finds Doctor Octopus tied up. He's like, "What the fuck?" So he realized, okay, look, Doctor Octopus, this guy here got all your powers. We need to team up. He was like, "Well, I'm not the guy you need to ask. You need to ask these guys." And he turns around and it's. The rest of the Sinister Six, all of them been kidnapped by the living brain, Sinister Death, all stuff like that. So Spider-Man has to make a decision. Okay, I can let these guys loose and we can fight this guy. But if I let them loose, they're going to attack me as soon as we beat the guy, even if we do beat this guy. And Dr. Osborne is basically telling them, look, Spider-Man, we ain't got time for this shit. That guy's going to come in this room right now. He kicked the shit out of us and we can kick the shit out of you. So obviously you can't fight him on your own. So what, what's your options? You're like, well, damn. Okay. So that's when uh, the sister Adaptoid breaks the wall. I'm tired of playing with you. I'm coming for you. And when he gets in the room, that's when you got the Sinister Six 
teaming up with Spider-Man. So this is the money shot. He was like, since it's a sick, uh, you you about to meet my friends. He's like, we're not friends. We're like, oh, well. So they all fight. Big splash page. All of them fighting the sinister adaptoid. And, of course, they win. Exactly what you expect. <laughs> But yeah, after they beat the shit looks out of cool, him, looks cool, man. The art looks dope. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's Ed McGinnis. He's he's a, he's a classic artist. He did Fantastic Four classic artist. Basically, the reason they the reason he win they beat him is because since he has all the mind of the Sinister Six and the Sinister Six hate each other, he just like short circuits himself out because he can't control which mind takes over which. So that's when uh they find the living brain, the brain that's controlling the Sinister Adaptor, and the Sinister Six are like, oh cool, let's kill it. And Spider-Man like, whoa, 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 you can't kill it. Like, why not? They're like, because if you kill the reason this monster is after me to begin with, because I didn't treat it right back in Spider Man number eight back in the 60s. So, if we don't do the right thing now, this monster might send another sinister death away even worse than him. So, why don't y'all listen to me just this one time and we will deal with our shit later on? Cool. And then sister's sister's like, All right, can we kill him too? They're like, Yes, let's kill him now and then kill the brain too. So, while they're rushing, so they rush the shit out of Spider Man and kick the shit out of him also. So, because he can't beat the Sinister Six. And he even makes fun of Mysterio. Like, Mysterio, stop with the damn gas. You know, just shoot more gas at him. Um, they beat him. They kick over. And then they basically fighting over who's going to kill him. Because that's what the Sinister Six always do. They argue over who's going to be the one to kill him. And Craven is just like, you know what? I don't want his life. I want his soul. And Electra like, what the fuck you mean I want his soul? Look, he tells Spider-Man, look, Spider-Man, I want you to kill that brain for us. If you kill that brain... I'll make sure you walk out of this room unharmed. But if you don't kill that brain, I'm going to let everybody loose on you. So we got a deal? He was like, well, I ain't got much choice. Y'all come and fight me. So when he comes and fight him, that's when that that uh, robot that controls the brains is like, oh, so this is Spider-Man. So this is what Spider-Man is. Spider-Man is somebody that even though he's overpowered by, by obstacles, he'll still protect people that can't protect themselves. Interesting. So... That's when he just uh, puts all the Sinister Six back in a box and shit them back where they came from, you know. <laughs> and that's the end of the Sinister Six. He was like, so what'd you do with the Sinister Six? Did you put them in jail? Like, nah, I just sent them back to the gunwood. Well, it would have been nice if you put them in jail, you know. He was like, and anyway, Spider-Man, I just want to tell you one thing. Happy birthday, Peter. He was like, what, if you already knew who I was, why you did all this shit? You know, anyway, he walks out the room. And he beats the bad guy. He's like, don't worry, I'll make sure nobody comes for you again. I protect you. So we go to Peter. He walks outside, and Black Cat finally shows up at tracking him down. And she's just like, everything's good. She's like, yeah. She's like, you know, Peter, I didn't give you a birthday present. And you know, I you know what it does to me when you go out and save people. So she kisses him. She's like, let me go get you your birthday present. So you know what's about to go down with that. <laughs> and apparently, uh, Dr. Octopus limbs are in love with Spider-Man or some shit. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I thought he was just—I just thought he was Doc Ock spying on him. <laughs> it, it could be, but or maybe Doc Ock's in love with him. I don't yeah. know. Whatever. That, that's get the end that of the story. Ass, get that ass. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, anyway, this is a one-shot story. I'm pretty. They're gonna go to another storyline next. Year. So you just like pick this big book up, and just read it, and you're good. So. A lot of other stuff happened, but I kind of just flew through it. It was a nice, easy, breezy pickup Spider-Man book. You know, Sinister Adaptor is going to be a trivia thing down the road. Who is the name of this villain that did blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, whatever. And so, it has all his villains in one. And he's got all the villains. And he teams yeah. up with them. He teams up with yeah. the Sinister Six for like the first time. So, that's a thing. So, yeah. cool story. Uh, four to five. 
45, good, easy breezy. Uh, I'm still pissed I paid $10 for it, but I was about to say, worth the buck? Was it worth the bucks? <laughs> if it was like six dollars, seven dollars, maybe I'll just, wait. I'll just wait for Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> just wait for Marvel Unlimited. You Marvel Unlimited, you're probably gonna have a higher rate because you had to pay for that shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what, what you got left? Uh, last book I'll do is Ninja Turtles 131, I believe. Cool. All right. So this is kicking off that Armageddon war or whatever, that big event, this big event that's going on in the Ninja Turtles verse um, where the Rat King and Baxter Stockman and Krang are teaming up to um, basically take over the world. They're teaming up. Um, And the Shredder, one of his past lives, wants to redeem himself. And he wants to stop this from happening. He wants to stop the Rat King and Krang and Stockman from fucking up the world. He's trying to redeem himself. He's been through hell. Now he's back and he wants to become good now. So he's going back in time and trying to figure out weaknesses with all the villains. With Krang and all these other ones. But he also, he needs to recruit allies. Because he can't go by, the, go by up against them himself. So what does he do? He's going to go get the turtles. And that's what he does. In this issue, he goes and meets with the turtles. Like, yo, you know, there's a big threat coming. Rat King's teaming up with Krang and Baxter Stockman, and they're going to do some shit, and we need to stop them. And they're like, who, what? Shredder? What'd you say? Like, right. you're the Shredder. You're, you, you killed our master. Fuck you. You're a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. No, no. He has to convince them. And that's part, part of some of the book they're dealing with that. Like, uh, they don't trust him. But he's like, I, I, you know, this is coming and he needs to be stopped. Now you can either help me or not, but I, you know, but in order to, in order to do this, you need, you, you need to learn skills you've never done before. And you need to learn dark magic ninjutsu. So he starts teaching them these ancient ninja ninjutsu techniques involving magic and special abilities. And everyone has a different ability. But in using that magic, it also, um, you're causing an unbalance in the universe. So you have to get rid of that energy as well, you know? Um, so they all start having different nightmares and stuff. Uh, each turtle has a nightmare about a different villain. You know, Donatello's, you know, having a nightmare about Bebop and Rocksteady. And, you know, Raphael has a nightmare about some weird monsters and stuff. They Each of them have these different you know, nightmares. Um, Leonardo is the only one who doesn't have one. And they're wondering why, but it turns out um, Shredder's like goes to Leo. He's like, yo, you're holding back. You're, you're holding back your abilities. You need to let them go. And he's like, well, um, I think what you want to do, I guess in some older storyline, there's a dark version of Leonardo. Hmm. Like okay. the dark version, the evil version of Leonardo, and he says, I- "I'm afraid if I tap into that dark power, that it's going to bring back my dark." Oh, side. this is Ryu from Street Fighter. Okay, you tap into the dark Hado because Akuma's going to. Okay, yeah, all something, right. yeah. And he says, "Well, that's what you have to do. You know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to tap into that. You know, and I, you know, um, in order to, in order to do this, you have to become, you have to embrace the darkness and balance it out." So that's kind of where it, and Shredder's like, and I will, I will teach you. And that's kind of where it ends. 
I'm like, that's pretty cool. You know, I, I, I dug on it. You know, there are some characters I'm not too really too familiar with that Jenica or Jenka or whatever, the new girl turtle is in this. And that um, Fox chick, what's her name? I've She pop, popped up in the IDW. She's that Fox, the Arctic Fox mutant uh, ninja. I can't remember her name. Um, See, I don't like it when Ninja Turtle go all mutant cows <laughs> and shit. Just give me ninjas and, you know, my bosses and shit. Just give me that. Yeah. Well, they did it before. I mean, you had Leatherhead and you had, well, Baxter Stockman turns into a fly and shit. <laughs> yeah. But that was only in the cartoon. It was on the cartoon comics. He just was a robot or some shit. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I'm, I'm digging on it. I, I thought it was pretty cool. So, I, I'm, I'm probably going to see this out. I've been just digging. I mean, after the game, I've been all about ninjas, Ninja Turtles, Ninja movies. Yeah, I've been. They had they have the original arcade one coming out in a few weeks. Yeah, the bundle. The bundle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna get that. So So I check that out. So. So, Oh, you know, I'm gonna do one more book. All right. I thought about it, but I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I don't know how this is gonna go over. Okay, it's an indie book. Florida man, I saw this. Florida. I was wondering what that. I was like, I, I always because I always thought about they should make a comic about Florida man. Somebody should do that, and they did it. So I was just like, if you're gonna do it, I might as well just talk about it because <laughs> I never thought somebody would actually do it. You know, uh, so yeah, if Florida man is exactly what you think it is. It's about a dude in Florida just doing dumb Florida shit. You know, so that's that's the book. You know, uh, <clears throat> I'm not gonna go into too much detail, but we'll just talk about it for a second. Basically, the the book is uh, the covers him riding a gator because he's in Florida. <laughs> you know, it's not a superhero book. It's not a comedy book. It's just a dude in Florida just doing dumb shit. That's what the book is. Let's see what we got. All right. Um, it basically, and I'm not gonna do it. They actually rhyme here. Also, this is Floyd the Exterminator likes to date strippers and kill him. Oh, some you, want, gator. you don't want me to beat boxes? We, we're not gonna do it. We're not because I I didn't I don't know what to put with this. Should we do like? uh Beverly hillbillies or some shit i don't know, <laughs> you know but the same thing yeah so dukes of has i don't know so mainly the three characters you got is floyd gary and gary's girlfriend crystal that's what you need to know about them uh thing you need to know about them crystal is you'll you'll find out about crystal okay and they they forget okay so they're back in they're in florida they never say what part of florida just in florida they're basically just getting drunk you know he's about to uh take a piss he finds a snake in his toilet so he just takes a piss on the on the end and then he slips on a bottle knocks himself out i can't remember this is gary floyd one of them anyway knocks us out then wake up the next morning uh and this week gets a phone call from crystal he gets a phone call from crystal apparently crystal uh last night got arrested at a waffle house because she was butt naked dancing on top of the table licking the manager and they found coke in a purse so they got to bail her out but they need $500 to bail it out. So the whole book is about them trying to find $500 to bail it out. Oh, and Gary dumbass took a shit anyway, not knowing that a snake was still in the book. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, so anyway, moving on past that. It, it, honestly, this book reminds me of like Grand Theft Auto for some reason. This reminds me of I don't know why. Oh, uh, anyway, they, they should, keep getting they to do it. A Grand Theft Auto like redneck style. They really should. They should put it in Florida and just do dumb <laughs> shit like this. It'd be it'd be in, yeah. like right stealing, in place, you know. Stealing pickups and like ATVs and shit. <laughs> right. And they keep getting into it with this. Oh, this old lady keeps popping up over all the time. And she was like, okay, lady, leave me the fuck alone. They they roam past her. So the lady pulls a gun on them and starts shooting at them. 
So they pull a gun back on her and shoot at her. <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, so they go to the pawn shop. They're like, we're gonna uh oh, okay. He's like, I know how to get my girlfriend out. I'm gonna pawn my 1986 Barry Bonds rookie card. He's like, this shit ain't worth nothing but a hundred dollars. So he's like, okay, fuck it. I'm gonna sell it in the store. Who on my 1986 Barry Bonds rookie card? And then he kicks him out of the store. He's like, so you'll kick me out. So he grabs his gator and starts swinging the gator in the pawn shop. You like since you fucking with me, so they kick him out again. <laughs> you know, so he goes, and this is why it reminds was that, me. Of that was it. That episode of Atlanta, <laughs> when, with Florida. The, man, that was an episode. Of Florida man. The Florida yeah. man with the what's his name? Uh, uh, uh Cat Williams. Cat Williams had the well, gator. He had a gator in the, in the rain. <laughs> yeah, I'll now, pull out my alligator. You ain't got no alligator. <laughs> yeah, he do. That's the alligator man. <laughs> <laughs> now this why reminds me of grand theft auto right here because habib rodriguez because this shit right here like i'll get you off one way or another see grand theft auto always does that shit so anyway <laughs> they're trying to hire a lawyer to get his girlfriend out and it, and the lawyer is just like habib is just like okay i'll get your girlfriend out but you got to do a job for me now the job is i got this guy that uh named mr kelso and his wife hired me because his wife thinks he's cheating on him so I want you to catch him in the act. Matter of fact, he's going to be at this hotel at such and such time. You take pictures of him. If you do that, I'll uh, I'll be your lawyer to get your girlfriend out. I'm like, okay, cool. So that's where they go. And some guy named Turd shows up. Turd's just there. You know, so they go to the Blue Swallow Motel to wait for Kelso to show up. And when he shows up, instead of seeing Kelso, they see this this black guy in a, in a uh, you know, on a motorbike. But he had, but he puts on a wig and he sees Kelso. So Kelso got some extra shit going on right here. We you, you see what's going on. All right. So anyway, they take pictures of and they take pictures of everything Kelso is doing with, with whatever. So dude shows up, you know. That's why I was one, that's why I gotta say, you know, it's a dude before I get flagged, you know, because <laughs> uh, of this scene right here. But yeah, he's like, what the hell are you doing here? And then since he finds them taking pictures of him, he beats the shit out of him, you know, starts choking him and shit like that. But that's when the police are coming, so they ought to get the hell out of there. So uh tur runs off he gets some good shots in on him anyway to get out of here before the police come so they go and anyway i'm gonna speak this up because basically they just sit there just talking to shit you know oh and it turns out that old lady the old lady was a a, a judge oh. and that's the old lady so yeah she pulls the gun that back on you like you can't, that was shooting oh, that yeah. was shooting at, that was a judge <laughs> shooting at him yeah uh oh but in the restaurant they found burt reynolds toupee so they're gonna sell Burt Reynolds to pay to get the money to, to build a girlfriend out. So anyway, uh, he hits the judge again and runs off because the judge caught him. He's like, you know, I'm a judge, but they don't believe him anyway. So they go back to Habib to tell him what's going on. But when they get to Habib, but apparently Habib gets arrested. Uh, Habib gets arrested because he was like uh, doing underground cockfights or some shit, whatever. Anyway, the judge <laughs> is back at the police station and they arrest Habib. They're like, wait a minute, she shot at me like but she can carry <laughs> florida's open carry state you don't have paper paper so they arrested you so she gets arrested he gets arrested and that's the story so yeah that's that's florida man for you honestly eli i thought the story was gonna be wackier than this that's what i was thinking because <laughs> it's florida man i've seen way crazier stories that is florida man than this but this was still wacky but i want to go even further but i guess they got to like set you up to, before they get crazier so you know put this up what is this image? That was saying. I I enjoyed the story. I was like, because I feel look, like it's going to get crazier. It looks yeah. really good. Like it looks. The art is good. The the yeah. artist is Mike Barron, 
he's I think he done Punisher before. Okay. Yeah, so he's done some stuff before. I, I can't even remember the name of the company, American Mythology, some stuff like that. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hey, there's some shit for the comic. Are the comic skaters bitching about this? So that's bitching like, story. Yeah. Yeah, this is right up their alley. It's it's cool. Yeah. It sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, you got any more books? Or? No, I'm booked out. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, if you listen this long, if you like, share, subscribe. A bunch of stuff is coming this week. Uh, something. Com- Eli, it's gonna be your show next week. I'm stoked. You yeah. already know. We're not even gonna say it. We're not even gonna yeah. say it. We're not even gonna say it. But you know, I already know. I already know. But I'm I gotta prepared. say what I gotta say because it, once you get done, don't don't take up the whole show because I gotta talk about Evo. Just leave me five minutes to talk about Evo. I, <laughs> I can't over. take a deep dive into everything. You can deep dive. Just just give me five minutes. I That's just all might. I ask. Just yeah. give me five minutes. And then you get but if you want to know what we're talking about, tune in next week. We'll let you know what we're talking about. Until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. We'll talk to you guys next week. Same bullet time, same bullet channel. Just too nasty, lost on the dance floor as I attack y'all. Snuck through the back door, guess who they saw? Goldie and Ghost, black African rope, star studded low lenses, plus the mural is dope. Airbrush WB, stop. Shake your body, body. And cop a couple of these. She's a hottie, hottie. Put a rough rider on my dick, bust right through him. Come out your shirt, insert the party rhyme. Fire Dr. Berserk, Bacardi Lime. We're passing it, takes to shake your Calvin Climber. For the floor gets moist, case and follow mine. Swallow nine, model dimes from Bahamas. Slim doodle makers stuffed inside pajamas. Oh